How does it feel to be an AI-driven company for over 10 years in a world where new AI startups are created every week? How many experts are required when developing your own AI model? How does answering questions with citations help mitigate hallucinations? Welcome to Artificial Intelligence Innovations Meets App Exchange, the bi-weekly show that explores the impact of AI in the Salesforce ecosystem. I'm Jakub Stefaniak, Salesforce Certified Technical Architect and VP of Technology Strategy and Innovation at Akiva Labs, where we help App Exchange partners accelerate their adoption of the latest technologies and get the most out of their Salesforce partnership. In each episode, we sit down with leaders from App Exchange ecosystem to discuss the latest trends and innovation in AI, product development opportunities, and ethical considerations. Our goal is to address critical challenges faced by business, build a community of engaged professionals, and provide insights into the latest trends and innovation in AI to help you stay informed and ahead of the curve. So, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of AI and App Exchange. Hey, hello. So, thank you for having time for us. Could you at the beginning introduce yourself and your role in App Exchange ecosystem? Of course. Thanks for having me. My name is Neil Kostecki. I'm VP of product for our service line of business at Kaveo. Kaveo is an AI platform that offers search recommendations, personalization, and we unify enterprise content across all of your systems. And what we do is we make it searchable across all Salesforce clouds. We use AI to make those experiences more relevant yeah, with features like automatically tuning, free suggestions, the sorts of things that make a search experience better. And more recently, in-person uh, or in-session personalization, question answering, and actually something I think we'll talk a lot about, generative answering. So this is really what we're in the business of doing. And you are one of the biggest AI-driven companies on AppExchange, right? So I remember that during the latest AI day as well, you have a very nice logo on one of the Salesforce screens showing you as like literally one of the leading partners in this. So could you give us a little bit more details about what exactly systems are part of your technological stack? Because it's not only about Salesforce, right? Correct. Yeah. So we're we're an AI platform that goes across systems, but also indexes systems. So we have connectors to various repositories, out of the box connectors to things like Salesforce, ServiceNow, Zendesk, Jira, Confluence, Google Drive. So connectivity to bring content together. So that's kind of the first part. And the second part is integration. So we integrate into things like Salesforce, ServiceNow, Zendesk, SAP. We have agnostic integrations as well, integrated to things like Adobe. And we have, you know, custom integrations that are done using our open source front end. So we have front end libraries that are designed for specific integrations, like what we call Kaveo Quantic, which is an LWC library for Salesforce. We also have what we call Kaveo Atomic, which is a generic front end that can be integrated into any kind of system. So we really can be that relevance layer across any of your systems. In fact, we even have what we call our in-product experience, where we have customers that integrate us into SaaS platforms or web applications. So pretty mm-hmm. pretty flexible integration into many systems. That's a great point. So when I'm looking on your app exchange listing, there's information that the first version of your package was released like more than 10 years ago. And I'm curious, looking on 
10 years in artificial intelligence, many things has changed, right? So where you are now and what was the journey to came to this point? For sure. Now, I haven't been here for that full journey. I joined Coveo just over six years ago, but absolutely things have evolved quite a bit. I would say, you know, when I joined the company and actually I was a customer before joining, I fell in love with the technology. You know, it was really about automatic tuning, query suggestions, kind of the basics of a more relevant search experience. And how things have evolved is, you know, we've implemented a full deep learning infrastructure, which allows us to serve more powerful models. We, we've actually been playing with large language models, not playing with, but actually developing and releasing and applying them, those in real use cases for the past, you know, two, three years. And so I think that's been the big development, uh, moving to more advanced models, being able to serve bigger, more complex capabilities and also real-time personalization. Whereas, you know, in past, we were really thinking about improving an experience based on previous interactions. So what did someone like you do as far as searches or clicks in previous sessions? Now we're actually looking at what are you doing in this session right now? And how can we improve the session based on your last actions? So this is kind of, I think, the evolution. And of course, generative is the is the word of the year. And I think that's something, uh, you know, we, I can get into a bit more detail, but it, that's really where things have evolved and where things are going is much more these kind of generative experiences on, on top of uh, top of content, on top of your platform. Awesome. And talking about models, do you use any of publicly available models or do you have like your own research in development in this area? So we have a bit of both. So we have definitely a lot of data scientists and research being done at Coveo. We actually publish our own papers and research online, so you can find those on our website. So we do have our own proprietary stuff. We also look at open source models. You know, we're looking to leverage the best uh, tool for the job, right? So there are different tasks that need to perform. In some cases, we're taking models and doing additional training on top of those. In the case of generative, you know, this is something where, like a lot of folks, we're looking at these very large models that are very performant. So we're leveraging Microsoft Azure OpenAI through their, their enterprise service. So integrating that into our infrastructure. So really, it's there is no one best way to do it. It really depends on what you're trying to accomplish and the problem you're trying to solve. And of course, a lot of monitoring and testing and evaluation, right? We're comparing and making sure that we're getting the best output. And in fact, because of the scale and the level that we're doing this at, we're also able to find ways to optimize for our customers because we're really, we're not just implementing AI for one customer, one business, one industry. We're building for a number of, you know, across industries, across clouds and experiences. So we need to provide kind of the best the best of both worlds where we're optimizing and offering the best tool for the job, but also making it scalable and not too much of a generalist, but enough that we can use it across all of our client base. And to all what you said, I would add as well that it's a question about how many people slash budget do you have available? Because for small ISVs, of course, like building their own models is a little bit different story. Please remind us, how many people work in Covero at this moment, more or less? We're somewhere between seven and 800. I'd say, let's say 750. So when I started just over six years ago, we were about 300. So we've had 
pretty significant growth. And a large portion of that is actually R&D. I think we're about 40% of that is R&D. So we're, we're a very product and engineering heavy organization and, and platform. And I think we like to say we have 750 AI experts at Caveo. Awesome. So shall we switch to the topic of the year, generative AI? Of course. <laughs> so what we're doing with generative, we have what we call Caveo Relevance Generative Answering. It's a feature that we announced uh, recently and is in beta right now. So this is something that, of course, is a natural evolution of what we've been doing with question answering already. So we had a feature we call Smart Snippets, and it was an extractive question answering model. So it pulls a specific phrase or section of content out of a document and displays that on the search page. And we could also display similar questions and, and answers. And now how that's evolved is we're leveraging generative to use multi-phrase, multi-document, generative answering, again, on top of our index, on top of the search page. So we're actually able to, A, answer a question very thoroughly with a number of different sources, B, provide the citations and the sources that that came from so that you can actually go back and look and read and get more context and C, still offer a really great search experience with facets, filters, tabs, so that you can actually still drill down. And if you're looking for a specific document, just find that document as well. So it's not two different experiences. It's the combination of both and all of the things we've done on top of it, personalization, security, being able to have analytics and understand what are people actually searching for. So this is, I think, the, the real power. And I think we've been really set up well for this because of our focus on the enterprise, on security. So we've done a lot, a lot of communications and explaining about the risks and the challenges and, and why building, your, building it on your own is generally not advisable. It's, it's a really hard problem to solve for. I think we're really well suited to do that for our clients. And you mentioned that you provide quotations. So do you still have some problems with hallucinations as well? Or having this like extra step to always provide sources help to mitigate this? Exactly. So that's what we're doing to avoid hallucinations. We're actually using the index. So I have access to a set of documents in the index. We carry both the, the documents and the permissions in the index. So that at query time, I can only see what I have access to. When we come back with documents that are semantically similar to the query, and we're confident that those have the right information, we'll take those extracted paragraphs out of those, send those to the LLM and say, here was Neil's query, here was the content that we're, we're confident addresses this query, answer and summarize this content based on that query. So we're really asking the model to kind of ignore the public information, the stuff that's, that it knows about language on the outside, and really just summarize this accurate content that is coming from the, the organization. So if the question is coming about Coveo, so we, we have on our docs site, actually docs.coveo.com, we're live with, uh, with this feature, customer zero. You're asking a question about Coveo content. You're not asking about it, the general web. And so we're really able to make sure that you're getting accurate answers. You're able to see the sources and you're able to dig into those if needed. So yes, yeah, hallucinations is definitely something that's on everybody's mind. And I think our solution really addresses that problem. 
please forgive me if this question is going to be too technical, but when we are talking about queries, does it mean that you store this data, this document in some vector databases or do you know how like, okay, so it's like embedding and then at top of MD, I'm just continuing speaking because I see that you are nodding, which of course our <laughs> audience is not aware. So I'm guessing that it means that you have like vector database, you put like all these data as embeddings and then you have this security layer to make sure that you are not extracting too much. Is it good understanding? Correct, yeah, exactly. So we're storing, we're, we're do, creating those vectors and storing them in the index so that at query time, we're able to have a semantic similarity between the query and the vectors in the index, we're able to then make sure that the the content that we're sending to the L is is you know the right content that's matching what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And we've done this before in commerce. I mean, I, I don't I tend not to talk about commerce as much because I'm in the service line of business. But we also have a commerce line of business and also what we call platform, which is workplace and website. So across all different types of use cases, you can imagine in commerce. We're really looking at product vectors. How sim you know, how similar is a red shoe to a black shoe to a black boot? You know, so understanding where products fit in in the in that vector space, and so in service, it's a little bit different. It's more about like the contextual understanding of what's being described in this you know, technical content, how to articles, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's in Akiva Labs, we are currently doing the same research in development about adding vector databases. And as you said, the semantic, when you have a small differences, it's, yeah, requires some know-how to do it right. But okay, enough about technology. Focusing for a moment on a business, I'm curious from your perspective and this 10 years on the app exchange, what would be your recommendations to... Salesforce customers who see all this digital transformation is going probably sooner or later be AI driven. And when they're picking like the AI vendor, what are the more, most important things to like verify as a potential customer? For sure. Great question. And I think the very first thing is understand the problem that you're trying to solve. AI cannot be just slapped on to, to anything and, you know, just it's, a lot of people want to run straight into, okay, we need technology to, to just, we need technology because we need it. Understand what you're trying to actually solve. What is the business problem? And there, therefore, then when you have a good understanding, going and looking at multiple vendors, evaluating their solution side by side, looking at reviews. I think the fact that we're talking about App Exchange, there's a great system of reviews with you know not only individuals that you can see that are part of the, the Salesforce ecosystem, but I really like that they've also highlighted people's badge levels and in Trailhead that you can see who's really experienced in the ecosystem and what they have to say about it. And of course, you can kind of reach out to them and connect with them and ask questions. And there's other review sites as well that I think just doing the research to really understand what you're getting into and look at demos, ask for a demo or look on the website. We have a what AppExchange calls a, a test drive, which lets you test mm -hmm. out our, our agent experience. So yeah, I think that's that's really the best thing you can do is just get as much information and data points as you can and look for a vendor that's willing to partner with you. And I think that's something that I'm really proud of of our organization is that we, we really partner with our customers. We're really in it to have joint success. And you can see that in, in the way they speak about the success we've had together and their advocacy of Caveo. So I think definitely, yeah, understand your problem evaluate multiple sources 
and leverage your, your colleagues, review sites, that sort of thing. Understanding the perm is definitely a good place to start, but I have a feeling that when you have a specific problem, there is always this moment when you go to your chief financial officer and they ask, okay, what is return on investment of solving this problem, right? And when we are speaking with our customers, uh, Bloomberg recently shared some predictions that like budget for AI development in this year was around one to 2%. And probably is going to be 10 times more in the next year. So like many people are going to start sooner or later ask this question, how to start thinking how much really AI can give, can give me in terms of savings or increase of performance and so on. Do you have some easy answers for this kind of questions or where to start looking for this? For sure. I mean, so first of all, having powerful analytics on top of whatever experience is really important so you can understand in fact, what is the impact that it's having? We also have things like A-B testing, so you can really see the difference between AI on, AI off, if you want to do it that way. We also have a really robust business value team, which does business value assessments, as well as business value realization. So we can look at a prospect as we go into a sales cycle and really assess and show them the value that they could expect based on their current situation and based on the value that Caveo can provide with our, our capabilities. And then for customers that are live with Caveo, we can actually do an assessment and show them what they've realized as far as ROI. And I think really being able to tie what your capabilities are, are you know, what they do to the value that they provide and then showing that to the customer is super important. So I think that's something that, you know, I would look for or advise customers to look for is that, yeah, you can actually trust the vendor. They're showing that they're able to prove value, that you have some visibility to it. I think that's really important. And, you know, of course, you can see that in things like case studies and, and webinars and things like that, where you're hearing the actual story from clients that have experienced that with whichever vendor. So I hear you that having some data generally make your life easier in this Absolutely. conversation. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it requires also like, I think a conversation with the customer, because in some cases we need to have that understanding with the client that there's going to be a need to have an understanding of their metrics, their KPIs and, and their data in order for us to kind of bring that together with the metrics that we have in our platform to really get to the ROI. So I think there's there's also that understanding that there is some need to share the data to be able to get to that understanding of realized value. Maybe let's speak for a second about Salesforce-related technology, because now as we are speaking before Dreamforce, of course, many things are going to just change in the next weeks, but I'm curious, like on the more strategic level, do you see some opportunities with partnering with Salesforce AI or is it something that is going to affect in your roadmap in any way? Absolutely. So like you mentioned earlier, our logo was up there on the AI cloud, Salesforce AI day. We're definitely a partner and complementary to the capabilities that Einstein offers. We're actively looking at Einstein GPT and the, the pilot there. So this is, we're super excited about the fact that we can start to maybe find ways to bring these technologies together. I think we've got some, some interesting ideas. I can't really get into details, but uh, hoping to be able to share some of that at Dreamforce. But yeah, I think it's, it's great to see that there's complementary use cases 
we've along the way, for example, been able to integrate into Einstein bots. So provide answers from your external content answers or recommended content into the Einstein bot when there's maybe not an answer mapped inside of it. We've been integrated into things like next best action or into flows. So there's definitely a lot of ways that we can bring the two technologies together. So yeah, super excited to see what's coming at Dreamforce and we'll have a, a large presence there and a booth. So we'll be, we'll be, I'll be there doing probably some demos and conversations with clients and prospects, but I, I really like to go to sessions and see the new stuff that's coming and, and what we'll be able to do over the next months and years. Of course. So in this case, I'm not going to ask you what's exactly on your on your roadmap in terms of the new features, but we are all looking forward to doing first and hope to see you then in person. Thank you a lot for your time today. For sure. It was great to be here. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you so very much for tuning into this episode of AI Innovations Meets App Exchange. We hope you enjoyed the insightful discussion and found this episode valuable. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to sign up for our newsletter and never miss a beat. If you have any questions or want to engage with us further, we'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Until next time, keep exploring the exciting world of AI and App Exchange.